0: Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. We're recording on location from my bedroom and Joel's.
1: I'm running out of food supply in this bunker, bro. I'm worried about <laughs> Donald Trump and his nukes, man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. So, guys, uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're recording over our phones uh, because we ran into some difficulty uh, recording at the Toronto Reference Library, and who knows, Joel? Maybe we might do an episode on the oppression uh, that we suffered uh, from government a, officials. From government, yo, this is this is why you don't like government officials, man. <laughs> right? Um, so, don't get me
1: started, bro. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, we could have a whole other episode right now.
0: Please. Yeah, no, but but <laughs> re- but really and truly, really and truly, we did run into some difficulties with with um the way how they set up the time slots um at the library so like we had to change rooms um to do um you know one recording session and then we had to pack up and move all our stuff to the next room and all this other stuff and then the staff's coming in and they're saying hey you guys can't do that, blah, 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 and all this," all that stuff so 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 we basically had to leave this for another night to do an intro so uh thanks for bearing with us guys
1: don't don't worry. Like the last interview, we're going to have pristine quality following. So keep listening.
0: Yeah, cur- cur- courtesy of Madden Mitchell Media. Uh, so if you guys need a producer for a podcast, uh, holler at my man, Anthony B. Mitchell. Now, with that said, uh, what you guys are about to listen to is an episode on social justice and the gospel and the petition. And we have the get- we have as a guest, uh, Principal Kirk Wellen from Toronto Baptist Seminary. And basically, we thought it would be awesome to have uh, a Canadian theologian uh, come in and and give a a different perspective on this whole issue. Uh, Essentially, what we want this episode to be is uh, because, you know, everybody's been talking about the social justice and the gospel issue. But we want to bring a different perspective in regards to um, what reconciliation between uh, both camps can look like. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, so that's where we are kind of coming from. So we, we hope that this episode would be an encouragement to, um, both sides and that we would be able to, uh, patch things up, not compromise, but be able to have real discourse as opposed to, um,
1: you know, trigger fingers but, turning the Twitter fingers, uh, the, the grenades being thrown as right. we, <laughs>
0: right right so so joel what did what did you like about this uh interview
1: um i mean i i went in i didn't really know where he was going to stand right so um i think we 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 definitely put some give him a couple tough questions um you know i i i maybe called out a few people in terms of listening to some people on one side or the other and just kind of you know i wasn't I personally I haven't been happy with the discourse because it, it hasn't seemed like dialogue at all. And I right. thought he did a, i thought Kirk did a really good job of, of laying out what the dialogue should look like. Um and 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 I think he identified uh fairly well why there's a bit of you know, miscommunication.
0: Right, right. But at the same time I, I also like the fact that we were still able to um be as gracious as we can to both sides. Um even Great. though you know like yeah, even though like, you know, we can be honest with whether we agree with somebody or not, but at the same time we could be we were uh, gracious in, in regards to extending um faith and and goodwill to both sides. And I hope that, you know, both guys and both sides would be able to um communicate. And to day, say you
1: know. that we were straw man free. Straw man free. Sorry. So I mean, for the listener, if they think we weren't straw man free, reach out, tell us, you know, give us your feedback. Let us know what you thought we misrepresented and and hopefully we can can clear that up and and hash that out even.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, But with that
1: said, uh, Anthony B. Mitchell, our wonderful producer, friend, brother, and DJ
0: for events that we plan to have in the future.
2: Okay, well, thanks again, uh, Principal William, for showing up. <laughs> um, can you please give the audience uh, background on yourself?
3: Okay, I'm the uh, Principal of Toronto Baptist Seminary, and I have been uh, Principal since 2009. Uh, before that, in 2006, I uh, came full-time teaching systematic theology, and, uh, and then along the way, I picked up pastoral theology, and now, in addition to those, I'm the Principal. I have a number of years of pastoral experience, was involved in three churches in Southern Ontario, one of which was a church plant that I was at for 19 years. So altogether, about 24 years of uh, pastoral ministry, and now I'm in the seminary setting preparing people for Christian service.
2: Okay, wow. Okay, well, I guess we can jump right in to the issue at hand uh, the social justice and the gospel. Uh, now you're representing Toronto Baptist Seminary. Uh, where do you guys, where does the school stand on, on, on the petition that was put out?
3: Well, we, I have read the uh, petition and, um, are aware of what it says. We, uh, are my, I should say myself personally, but I think this is true of the school as well. We're always a little uh, wary of statements like this. It's easy to um, make statements and affirmations and denials, and kind of draw a line in the sand. And that needs to be done sometimes. You do have to sort of clarify what you believe and what you don't believe. Like um, Jesus died on
2: the cross. Yes. Type of stuff. Yes, I can. Kind of yeah.
3: <laughs> but uh, some, you know, as soon as you do that, of course, you're, um, you know, you're inviting uh, discussion and oftentimes controversy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just think that when statements like this are drawn up, that they need to be followed up with discussion. Uh, you need people to um, talk through some of these issues and and hopefully reach some conclusions that are consistent uh, with uh, biblical teaching.
1: So, you know, for me, when I look at this issue as a whole, I
4: think I've thought most of the criticisms towards The writers of this to some extent have been talking past them right there's a bit of like miscommunication and i think the biggest thing to clear up is uh, where i think that miscommunication is happening is on what is social justice um you know just to contextualize and maybe i'll shape your answer a little bit but hopefully not we we did an episode our like eighth episode um it's one of our better episodes pretty much anytime we do something that's you know a hot topic we get a good download number but um we at least me I'll, I'll say we but i know for sure i took issue with so much of social justice really being collective justice and when you have an idea of collective justice there's a huge opportunity to coming at the cost of an individual's justice i mean we use the example of oj simpson where arguably it was collective justice for the black community but anyone who looks at the case knows he was guilty and It was injustice for the victim's family. Um, So I'm just curious on, you know, when you hear social justice, what do you think? Um, And and do you agree that maybe that's some of where this disagreement is really because they're using different definitions of the same term?
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with you that I think the response that I've seen to this, the negative response hasn't really dealt with what they're saying. They do seem to be talking past. And that happens whenever you get these kinds of statements, as it seems to me that uh, people uh, don't read them carefully, uh, pick out what they want to uh, talk about or what they disagree with, and fail to take into appreciation the overall context. I think you're right. I think a a critical issue is the definition of social justice. I, I, of course, think we've got to define our concepts of justice in terms of the scriptures. I mean, as Christians, we're bound to the uh, teaching of scripture. And the term social justice, you know, has come to us with uh, a lot of baggage. Uh, it, uh, justice, of course, is a biblical concept, but the idea of social justice has come from outside of, uh, you know, biblical teaching and Christian theology, and, and is often attached to, as you say, this kind of collective... Uh, justice and uh, dividing society up into various groups, and it's concerned with uh, equality of of uh, outcomes versus equality of opportunity, things like that. So you know wherever you get something like that operating, uh, you do have the potential for uh, the rights of uh, you know individuals to be trampled uh, in the name of pursuing some kind of collective justice. So that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think, a concern of the writers of this document mm-hmm. and, um, you know, one that is legitimate and that we need to take seriously.
2: Okay, wow, that's helpful. Uh, you know, part of, you know, dealing with this topic, it, it's unique because the two camps are, are both from, are reformed right? So it's almost like an intramural debate. Um, so like you have, um, you know, Tim Keller on one side, um, and then you have James White on the other. Um, you have Body Bakum on one side, and then you have Anthony Bradley on the other. Um, which is, well, I, I to me, i like, I'm, i love, I love the teachings on, of both men mm-hmm. on both sides, which is awesome. Um, and like you said before, like, It kind of bothers me that we haven't gotten To the point of Hey let's sit down You bring your Bible I bring my Bible And let's walk through it because I really do Believe that both sides Love the Lord and are trying their Best to be obedient to the scriptures Um, And in keeping in The Reformed tradition uh, with Sola Scriptura I really do believe that you know Once you do open up The word with your brother minds would be changed Uh, But it almost seems like because of, you know, social media, um, you know, uh, trigger fingers turned to Twitter fingers, keyboard, right? courage. <laughs> keyboard courage, thumb thugging. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's just really sad. It, uh, it's gotten to that point, but, uh, have, have you, um, gotten a chance to, to speak to anybody, um, about it?
3: Well, we've talked about it a little bit at school. Um, I raised the, uh, the document, the issue of raising the document at a couple of student chapels. And then in, and I've touched on it at points in systematic theology and pastoral theology. Uh, TBS, as um, you know, is a school that's really ethnically diverse. I mean, we have an, an ethnically diverse student body, even faculty. Um, we're located in the heart of Toronto. You know, one of the most, if not the most, diverse city in all the world, and uh, the, you know, I think some of the the issues that are raised in, in the document at least don't uh, immediately appear to be like burning issues at the school among among the student body. Mm-hmm. Where they be, where they become issues, of course, is because, as you mentioned, social media and uh, the, the internet and websites and. And so forth. We're all exposed to these uh, intramural debates wherever they take place. And of course, students like to follow the you know the latest blogs and yeah and keep up to date with everything that's going on. I mean, I, you're right. The only way forward is if everyone will sit down and um, agree on you know what's going to be the basis for our discussion clarify mm-hmm. our terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think that while everybody agrees on, you know, say the authority of scripture, um, the differences come when uh, groups it, it maybe even inadvertently import uh, alien ideas into mm-hmm. their reading of the text. Mm-hmm. You know, so you start bringing all sorts of social justice theory and uh you know people talk about critical, neo, race you know, critical race theory theory, neo-marxism and so forth and uh all, all of that's you know you've got to, and i think this document intended initially to kind of say okay let's let's clarify where we're starting from as christians the authority of scripture what does scripture teach about you know about the image of god was it teach about sin was it teach about the gospel you know race sexuality and so forth and so on a whole lot of issues um, so it seems to me that any progress uh, that's made is, is got to be built on a common understanding of, of uh, what Scripture teaches on some of these issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. yeah, I, I um, you know, one of the things that what really made me say about their
4: talking past each other is very like Tim Keller had a comment somewhat that resonated with what you said where he's like, "I agree with like 80 percent of what's in this document." But what I have a problem with is where this document is going or where they're taking it. And and James White responded to that saying like if we spoke about the way our pastors preached, that way we would have a huge issue with what Tim Keller said in regards to breaking down scripture. And so, you know, to me, yeah. again, I'm not trying to necessarily say oh that guy was right, this guy was right. It was that to me is that interchange shows a symbolic nature of where they're talking past each other. Um I would also say I remember I got this from Sam Say. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who he is. He was critiquing some of the stuff that happened at MLK 50 and Together for the Gospel. And he was like, I, me, he's like, I'm someone who disagrees with these white guys, which is kind of peculiar as a black guy. He's saying, I'm disagreeing with them. And they're, they're not having anyone who agrees with me on the stage with them. There's this, where I would say I'm concerned with creating our echo chambers within Christianity you know one of the greatest things i think as you said we use the authority of scripture as our you know objective truth um getting in a room to talk about something with with somebody who has a difference of opinion is is so fundamental because we know okay we're going to go back to this item that's going to or this document that's going to be our benchmark when we're in a disagreement if if one of us is in agreement with the scripture and the other isn't we know who wins um you know so Do you have any insight as to maybe why that conversation is not happening? Why why are these even, you know, this document, it's, it seems like there's a lack of, and maybe I don't know which side's at fault, but there's a lack of engagement with those who signed it, having conversations with those who they're kind of, you know, pushing up against.
3: Yeah. Now I, I'm only sort of looking at this as an outside observer in some ways from the, you know, from this vantage point in Canada, I've heard, uh, uh, James White. Uh, speak about the issue on his podcast a number of times. and um, you know from a from an exegetical standpoint, he does a fine job as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I've also heard the you know the clip of Tim Keller uh, responding to um, or asked a question about you know what he thought of it, and saying, as, as you've indicated, yes, if I go through it line by line, section by section, I agree, I agree, I agree. but and uh, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm sympathetic with the uh, exegetical work that's represented here and what uh, you know, Dr. White is saying, uh, with what uh, Tim Keller says. I can, I can kind of understand that from this, I, I think, he, his coming from a place of being somewhat suspicious maybe of the mo- of the motivation, which I think you've got to be very careful of, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, how do we know, you know, exactly what's going on in someone's mind or someone's heart, that kind of thing. But I, I think if I understood what he was saying correctly is that, yes, although this may be, you know, biblically, theologically correct, uh, just the presence of the document at this particular point in time, given, given the... Um, you know, the strong feelings that exist, you know, may, uh, you know, exacerbate, exacerbate the, the issue. That is, mm-hmm. people may feel, well, what you're doing, what these guys are doing is just coming out and kind of putting down anybody who's concerned about racism or anyone who's concerned about, you know, mm-hmm. social justice. Um, that's, I don't think their intention here. But he's yeah. worried about how the how just talking about this in this format is perceived, yeah and you know that's something where I think, well, you know, I'm in Canada. this is in some ways outside of my realm of personal experience. If I were uh, you know living in the United States and my experiences were different, maybe I would be more sensitized to some of the feelings that. That someone like Keller might be mm-hmm. hinting at,
4: yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I have you. I don't know if you heard uh, Russell Moore speak on it. I read, I listened to his podcast, and one of the things he said that was, you know, again, like one of the big reasons why I'm like they're talking past each other. He's like, all of these people who signed the document as founders don't live out social justice in their day to day. Like he's almost calling them hypocrites. And and I would say, you know, what you said about where Tim Keller's concerned that these but it's like, these people are doing those things, right? They're helping the poor. They're going out, like, I know, uh, I can remember James White talking about, he always goes out to like an anti-abortion thing and, you know, just being involved with what they're deeming social justice, right? Like helping the poor and and actively being members to of, of the Christian community where they're going forward with the gospel, both in proclamation, but also in, in character. Um, that it's, to me, I'm like, okay, I hear that, but they're, if you're pointing out that their character says you might be concerned that their statement is dividing, but they're all the things that you want to do that you're concerned this document's not doing. All of these guys are actively doing. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I'm like, you're concerned with not you, but there's concern. Oh, the perception is, but blow up that perception by pointing out the character of these men contradicts what your perception is.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's, um, I mean, I don't think it's fair to kind of lob bombs back and forth like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I, I don't think that's fair at all. And I haven't heard uh, Russell Moore's uh, podcast or statement on that. But, you know, if that's the kind of thing that's being said, um, you know, that's just not going to get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. I I think one of the concerns uh, that this whole, that this document was intending to address was the potential for tremendous uh, division within Mm -hmm. the uh, you know the evangelical reform community. Right. So now you're going to divide, you know, the, the so-called white church and the black church. And you're going to, and in a day when we really need to be working together, uh, we're already uh, marginalized uh, in in the society. And uh, the last thing we need is to, you know, further subdivide into into mm-hmm. groups. So to me, that's those the, that, that's unfair, and it's not really sticking. I mean, if you're if you don't like what's being said, you need to tell us why Mm -hmm. and you need to uh you know restate things in a way Mm -hmm. that you think uh is more biblical and if you're not prepared to do that then we're Mm -hmm. not going to get very far in this discussion
2: right would you say that uh, the context is different for us as canadians um, versus uh, the american um, christian perspective on on these issues
3: again it um it it feels like that to me But then I'm not, I don't have a lot of personal experience with, you know, what has taken place, what is taking place uh, in the Mm -hmm. United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, Up here, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, race relations and racism, my perspective is that, you know, this, it's always the result of sin and uh, no, you know, one group, uh has a a kind of corner if you like on on racism uh sinful human beings uh can have wrong attitudes towards other human beings who are equally made in the image of god and that expresses itself in all kinds of of different ways Uh, and and so from that standpoint racism is found everywhere it's found in canada it's found in the united states uh, it's Sin's found, found everywhere. Yeah, it, wherever sin <laughs> is found. Wherever sinful human beings are found, you're going to, you're going to have uh, racial and other problems, lots of other problems. Mm-hmm. Um, up here, I like to think anyway that uh, you know, there, we're concerned about equal you know, opportunities for people from all different ethnicities. Mm. Um, Canada certainly has welcomed in people from around the world. And uh, within the Christian community, uh, I've always felt that we've been, you know, open and tried to work with people regardless of where they come from. Once they, once they uh, profess faith in Jesus Christ and are part of the Church of Jesus Christ, they're they're brothers and sisters. And those, uh, you know, ethnic uh, differences pale in significance compared to all the things that we that we have in common. Right. So,
2: in light of like, because yes, the, in in Canada here we we champion the idea of multiculturalism. Uh, maybe sometimes almost to a fault. So, uh, for me, I feel like the social justice issue looks different here. It's still it's here, <laughs> yeah. but it looks different in the form of like a multiculturalism uh, to the extreme, uh, where you're we're at the point where. Um, again, political uh, um, uh, political identities uh, and so forth. So, like for example, for m- me, the, the, tell me if you agree with this. Like the the easiest or the best definition I can give for social justice is, um, you know, looking at political identities, and it's not for anybody who's a white male, Christian, check heterosexual. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> right, so uh, working from that definition, would would you agree with that?
3: You just restate that again.
2: Uh, the definition of of social justice. So social justice is um, looking for ju- justice for a particular group, but except for except for what uh, oh, white what you mean. males <laughs> heterosexual. Well, that's that's what Chris and even Christian because Christian is in that as well. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, well, what it, it seems to me. I mean, we're, we're living in a day where everyone's divided up into their group. Yes. And, to the, and now we've got all these different identities and so forth. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, that's a dead end. That's not going to take us anywhere because you're just going to endlessly divide and subdivide into smaller and smaller groups and infinitely divisible. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, 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 a, that's a dead end. I think uh, when we when we think about you know justice, we need to think about uh, the fact that you know again we've got to go back to a biblical foundation that uh, you know God has made us, made us in His image, in His likeness. Uh, We are we're fallen, we're sinful, but He has provided uh, redemption for us, salvation for us. Uh, As Christians, we're supposed to uh, respect uh, others as divine image bearers. We're supposed to. Uh, you know, treat them with respect. We're supposed to, um, you know, look out for their best interests. You know, we're supposed to love our neighbors as our, ourselves, and all of those kinds of things. Um, but uh, the Bible doesn't recognize, I don't think, some of these uh, artificial divisions that are being imposed on us in the name of social justice. It doesn't recognize as legitimate some of these identities, especially when you. Uh, start talking about the different sexual identities these these are not legitimate categories and uh, so trying to um, you know understand reality and pursue justice based on illegitimate categories is going to you know it's going to end up in right well
4: i want to say with regards to illegitimate categories i i find it like when we're we're talking about an issue that needs to be debated so there's you know whether where you stand on philosophy not really relevant but where you stand on logic is relevant we are essentially taking one of the most common fallacies of ad hominem and flipping it upside down and saying based on your characteristics your argument is more or less valid mm-hmm. and yeah. and to me that's where i would say the illegitimacy of those categories is is where that intersects right where whatever your category is doesn't change the validity of your argument if your argument is sound i don't care who makes it if you're a racist and you make a good argument it's still a good argument If you're, you know, a Christian, if you're bisexual, but you make a good argument that's sound, it doesn't matter. Like, and that's where, you know, in public discourse, the most common attack on an argument when you don't have anything to say is to say, but that person is X, therefore we don't listen to them. But now we're just flipping it upside down. So I, I just thought it was a good point of clarification because, you know, recognizing who a person is with regards to their argument to me is completely irrelevant. To the, to this
3: conversation in terms of, of the, of these, uh, identities that are being, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. Right.
2: Right. It's it's true because like one, one aspect of the social justice debate that I'm, I've been really looking into and, and, and studying is the issue of race. So the divide between the two camps. So, so just so I don't use like political terms, like conservative side or liberal, um, or left or right, uh, i usually call team woke right pastor eric mason um and the woke guys and then on the other side you have an opposition the spoke guys as in god spoke into existence so you have team woke team spoke team spoke puts out the petition and team spoke i um basically doesn't ascribe to the idea of race or the black race because the bible doesn't categorize people by race but by ethnicity um but team woke oh man yeah like that's that's their thing that they hang their hat on is that um there is a such thing as black people and seeing the the plight of the community um and 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 their intentions are, are are well well placed in that they want to um help um and and help uh, bridge the gap that's there but again like the context for our debate as christians is is the scriptures so it's like team spoke is being consistent with what the texts say like yes it's terrible what we see what's happening and yes we should be helping but we have to make sure
3: that we're um using the right lens yeah to, exactly. to critique exactly i mean i think it's critical in this discussion to you know go back to scripture you know where it says from one man god made all the nations of men i mean yeah. you, that, that that's good cool. so we have a we we have a common origin and and there they there you know technically aren't all these races there there's a human race mm-hmm. and that is marked by different ethnicities mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i mean that that makes a world of difference as you you know as you start to you know, take a look around at all the different uh, varieties of human beings, but recognize that but still, they have uh, more in common than 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 they have in terms of differences. Mm-hmm. that's that's uh, very important. And the other thing too, is that it's not it, it's it's overly simplistic and reductionistic just to you know say, well, the problems of 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 whatever group are caused by um you know this group out here or that group over. there. Uh, our problems even within the groups uh, it is a sin problem and you can have people within the same say ethnic group that are preying on one another and mm. that uh, are taking advantage of one another and oppressing one another so it's not just prosperity gospel yeah well, it's not well it's not just <laughs> it's not just this ethnic group over against this one mm. uh, it's it's sinful human beings regardless of their ethnicity who who do and say things that they that they shouldn't and uh, and God, god's law applies to all of them and calls all of them to uh to repentance mm-hmm.
2: yeah no no totally
4: i mean what you said too at the very beginning made me think of like galatians three twenty eight. it's like you're neither greek nor jew nor gentile like
2: essentially we're all equal
4: right man or woman which i mean most non-christians won't understand that at the time that that was written to say you're man nor man nor woman is is so culturally blowing up the norm right to say like the most probably the most disparity was between men and women at the time and the bible is basically saying no you're the same from like a under
3: god yeah and and that's that's an important point too same with uh you know male female also slave and free Mm -hmm. i mean so there you know there you have once people come into the church of jesus christ these other uh these other factors uh are modified by the gospel and uh and there is a, there's a unity there's a fellowship there are relations new new relationships that are are developed that uh that go beyond all of these other divisions, and in some ways, I think it's true to say these other divisions need to be left kind of at the door, and and we we receive and we accept one another. We don't, you know, judge one another on the basis of what someone's ancestors may have done to somebody else's ancestors. It it becomes a matter of, okay, you know, where are we at in our relationship with God and with our brothers and sisters, and what can we do uh, to pursue uh, justice and righteousness and mercy, and so forth uh in our in our own time and and uh in the lives of the people that we're dealing with
4: yeah i mean when you touched on justice it reminds me i love this quote i bring it up all the time on the show there's a book by and it's not biblical but i think it's really good from taking biblical justice and applying it to law so there's a book by frederick bastiat named called the law from like Mm -hmm. 1850 and he's writing about the north american context and he's in france which is like the laws are kind of crazy for him oppressive at least and he said the role of law is not to prevent or not to let justice reign but to prevent injustice from Mm reigning and i the reason i want to bring it up is that there's so much of like oh we need to make these things just but what you've said to me really touches on okay let's whenever we find injustice let's point it out call it out undo it and fix it and so you know i think of when they were trying to undo apartheid consequences in in south africa there's essentially like something like 96% of all claims have been processed where they said, okay, we can find the injustice, we can undo it and revise it where, you know, if someone's land was stolen. But to have this like, overriding, you know, concept of, okay, well, there was this injustice. So now we need to create justice without having the particulars of injustice identified. I th- my opinion, I mean, that's where my stance is. And, and I don't know how much this social justice and the gospel argument is going there or trying to say, you know, let's focus on individual scenarios. Um, and I would say uh, I'd be shocked for any Christian on any side of the debate to not want to undo injustices. And that's where I think this conversation needs to start. Would you agree? Like, do you think there's other right. place and I, when I,
3: when I think also we have to keep in mind if, if we're going to be guided by scripture, and I don't mean this as... Uh, you know, in any way a cop-out, but, you know, our, the Scripture clearly teaches us that ultimately uh, the only way in which justice can be established is by means of the cross, and the full uh, implementation of that justice and that righteousness awaits a new heavens and new earth, uh, which will be the home of righteousness. So, we we are to strive to do everything we can to set things right, to make Life better and uh, you know to uh, help. L- to help to love uh, our 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 neighbor uh, as much as we can, but uh, our our efforts, no matter how noble, are always going to fall short. we're mm-hmm. never going to achieve perfect justice for all people or or uh, righteousness or anything else we, we we can't do it as human beings it requires god to intervene in the situation and uh, ultimately our enjoyment of that uh, awaits the world to come now as i say that's not that's not to say well you know you're just yeah. you're just uh, ducking the issue right and you're mm-hmm. you're putting it uh, you know into another realm no we're just we're just recognizing that we have to operate within that framework and uh we we are responsible to do what we can, but there's just no way mm-hmm. we're we're going to rid the world of uh of injustice mm-hmm. as a result of government policy or or anything
1: else.-hmm
2: no, I always find that the conversation starts theological, and then it ends economic, yeah, you know ec- in economics, in that like yes, we have a mandate to go help and do good works. But like Joel said before, like the Bible doesn't tell us how. Like, and that's a, that's a question of economics and really thinking through, okay, these people are poor. Why are they poor? Right. Okay, well, if we use this, would this be helpful? Or would this be helpful? So I think it'd be helpful for you know, Christians to you know, be well-versed, not just in theology, but in economics as well. Um, and I, I call it the signs of helping people. Because yeah. if, you, if you're really trying to help people, you'll really think through and study to see what's most
3: beneficial for them. But behind this statement, social justice and the gospel, I, I get the definite uh, impression that uh, they, you know, they understand the, the importance of, of proclaiming the gospel and of people embracing uh, salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ if there's to be you know, deep and profound change at the individual level, but also within communities. I mean scripture says uh, you know Jesus says what will a man gain if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul so uh, you know we understand that uh, if we're really concerned about others it's not just a matter of you know education or fixing the finances or the environment those things all are part of the picture Mm -hmm. but people need uh, radical change from within regardless of the ethnic community that they come from we all Mm -hmm. we've all fallen short of the glory of god we need to be uh redeemed um you know by the power of god's grace so and that's a distinctive contribution that the church can make. you're not going to get uh, no one else can communicate that message that's mm-hmm. our distinct responsibility so yes we're concerned about all these other uh things but we must not lose sight and i think that's their concern about the end of this document mm-hmm. we must not use sight of the centrality of the gospel in the pursuit of justice is righteousness and all these other uh, things
4: yeah i would agree i definitely thought that their focus was to say you know let's not take the gospel and and spreading of the gospel away from the centrality of our calling you know as much as you know as james said our works with or our salvation without works is dead right though so that's where i would say the the other side of the argument the woke side is all about you know making sure that we're not having dead salvation and that we, we we have the works as a fruit of our salvation that's a good thing and and that's why i'm like but none of the guys who signed this document are against those things and that's why i'm like why are they like it's just frustrating to sit back and go like i can agree with things on both sides but how do you two not reconcile like as a side because there's so much commonality but again i look at it going well tim keller type of comment it says oh i'm worried what this document's going to produce but if it's true and these guys are doing the things that you're concerned with. why aren't you talking about the commonality of both sides yes. um so well
3: we have we we do and i'm not I'm not aiming this at any of the signers or the opponents of it, but we we always have to be really careful that we check our egos at the door yeah i mean you you get into these different associations and ministries and mm-hmm. And they, you know, they have a life of their own and they have their own constituency and their own, <laughs> yeah, well, their own, their own following. And, you know, we really need to be careful that we're hearing each other, we're listening to each other, we're thinking the, trying to think the best of each other, you know. Yes. We have to be really careful when it comes to judging people's motives and the intention mm-hmm. of their heart. Uh, and we can all be, you know, guilty of that. Mm. Yeah
4: that that actually references a really i don't know did you do you read much of tim
3: chalice's work uh, i've i've seen tim's work i haven't read it on this particular issue
4: no well he he actually something unrelated but related was he did a two part series on you shall not bear fault faultiness against your neighbor and he and i thought there was so much exactly along the lines of what you just said where like part 1 is like what's your what are you supposed to do but then what are you not supposed to do he did the affirmative and the negative and so much of a was around don't assume false motives like if anything be gracious especially about a christian brother you're you're going to assume he's following the you know morality of the gospel the morality Mm -hmm. of the bible and and so let's try to represent him as strong as possible when you're critiquing him i mean that's you know to give you a bit of insight that's so much of why we do this is like we want to straw We don't want a straw man. We want to be straw man free. We want to be steel manning or iron manning the other side of the argument. Give them, if they sucked at presenting their argument, (laughs) let's present it even better and then engage it Right. in order to make the conversation as productive as possible rather than being like, yeah, I won. Like it's not about winning
3: right and, and and in any of these discussions uh, you know presuppositions are so important and uh, and i think we have to be careful that we're rooting what we're saying what, what we're saying is rooted in in uh, in scripture at least as christians i mean that's if we start departing from from Scripture, and we start, uh, you know, drawing upon other uh, philosophies and ideologies that that have, you know, an, a non-Christian or an anti-Christian bias, even though they they have legitimate insights, as you know, we'd say as a result of common grace. We do have to be careful that we that we um, you know don't buy in. Uh, to the degree that inadvertently we find ourselves drifting from the biblical perspective, and I think that's this is some of the debate. I mean, we can all you know kind of see the issue that's there. People want to do something about it. The they, they question often is, well, how do we proceed? What do we do? Um, you know, what's the what's the solution? And that's where we've got to you know think. Think carefully, but beyond thinking carefully, we got to do something. You know, you mm-hmm. sometimes we're great at just discussing these things back and forth, but yeah. uh, I think there can be frustration within the Christian community because they say, "Well, uh, you know, we've talked about this thing endlessly. What are we really doing to bring about change?"
2: Right, right. And I mean, like, I hope you know, I'm praying that it comes to a point where you know, one guy just calls another guy and says, "Hey, come over." Right, right. Because I mean, like, if Drake and Meek Mill can patch <laughs> things up. I mean, why can't team woke, team spoke, you know what I mean? Come together, make things happen. But, you know, it is what it is. And, and you know, we're praying and, and, you know, the church has always prevailed. Right. Like Jesus said, you know, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail in that the church is advancing. And, you know, that's why I'm not sweating it because, yeah, the church will prevail. And I really do believe when Jesus said it, he meant it. So, you know. Our fickleness is not going to divide the body. It, if Jesus is the head, ain't nothing cutting up the body of Christ. Yeah, you no, feel that's me? Right. You know, it's just, that's just not going to happen. So everybody can just chill and 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 come and talk to each other. Like it's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's crazy. But th- th- another question in a different direction: You representing Toronto Baptist Seminary, um, a Reformed seminary, uh, and then Union. Um, that made a statement um, on 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 the social justice issue. Can you talk about that for a minute
3: well the uh, the statement that was put out by Union Theological Seminary in New York, uh, you know we, we we just don't have a lot of sympathy with that. I mean that was that was not just a, a rejection of the arguments with regards to uh, this particular statement, but in my mind, it was uh, repudiation of historic uh, biblical Christianity. So, al- almost a- at every stage along the way, beginning with the doctrine of Scripture, where they basically, you know, affirm that it- it's uh, you know full of errors and 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 uh, you know is to be interpreted uh, carefully in light of that fact. As soon as you start with a premise like that, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there... You
4: mean you agree with the inerrancy of scripture? Yes, oh.
3: and, and in fact, I do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're not, that, that's that's problematic. It's not really a surprise. So, I mean, um, some of these uh, institutions have been heading in that direction for a long time. And...
2: So, okay, and that's exactly where I'm kind of going with this, because how do you guys as a school, as a seminary, prevent yourselves from going in that direction even like just as the students um and dealing with the student body because you know social justice is a thing and you know your students are have have their minds made up on the issue uh you know whether whatever side they're leaning so how how do you guys for those who don't know like ternal baptist is a pretty small school um it's pretty small and tight so you pretty much know everybody but how do you guys continue to keep the gospel, the focus.
3: Well, it, it is uh, TBS is a small school. Uh, it's been in existence for over ninety years, and uh, you know, it over that period of time, it has, you know, had its discussions and debates, and and you, you might say it's it's ups and downs, uh, but uh, but it has you know remained true, I think, to the original convictions um, that brought it into existence in the first place. And you know, one of the ways that we try to maintain that is just we're very conscious of who's teaching there, where they're coming from, what they believe. We do have a statement of faith, and we uh, expect people to adhere uh, to that statement of faith. And with regards to students, uh, we try to uh, teach them uh, what Scripture uh, teaches us. And we do it aware of all sorts of different ideas that are out there. And we try to present uh, alternative ideas fairly, uh, as we talked about earlier, not just setting up straw men that are easy to knock over, but we try to represent uh, the positions of uh, opponents to uh, Christianity and to a biblical Christianity as clearly as possible and uh, and communicate to students. This is why, I mean, in, in some ways, there's nothing really new under the sun. Uh you know, heresy is heresy. It comes dressed up in new clothes and with new language every once in a while. But, but underneath it all, it's the same old thing. And so it's a matter of, of teaching people as best we can the uh, truth of God's Word and and then encouraging them to analyze all these other ideas in light of that.
2: Okay. So then for those people who, those Christians who, you know, don't go to seminary and don't get the rigorous teaching uh, that, that your students do, uh, sitting under the preaching of their pastor every Sunday. Uh, now, this is more so addressing the pastors who do not comment on the social justice issue. Um, so, what I'm asking you is, as a pastor and you're preaching, and, and you, you know, you said you're, you're you're you you teach pastoral ministry. Uh, what are the pros and cons of um, politics in the pulpit
3: Well, you have to be very you have to be very careful uh, with politics in the pulpit. Our main job is to preach the gospel. Now, the gospel has political implications. Mm-hmm. and so it's I, I think it's necessary for someone who's engaged in a faithful ministry to to explain to the congregation. The implications uh, of the gospel in, in all areas of life, including the political area, and a, a wise pastor will know his congregation will also have his pulse on what 's going on in the general society, and will um, it, in, in the application of god 's word will try to provide his people with some guidance as to you know how to how to negotiate some of these controversies and these very real issues we, we certainly don't want to just circle the wagons and and you know remain in this little insulated community and pretend that none of this other stuff exists because it does. And in our day and age, you can't escape it. We have YouTube, we have Twitter, we have mm-hmm. Facebook. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no way people can uh, not be influenced by what uh, by what they're hearing. And so knowing that, uh, we have to uh, first of all, faithfully articulate what Scripture teaches. But then we've got to think long and hard about it. Well, how do these things apply to the people that are, you know, who are listening to us? We we want people to be well-rounded and, and uh, you know, prepared to uh, face the onslaught that's inevitably coming.
4: So I have a, a thought in terms of, you know, do you ever get into a conversation around like giving, you know, maybe some objective criteria of like, you know, what could a pastor be thinking about whether, there's two parts to this. One, should they talk about something? But also two, is there a method other than the pulpit where this, it might be better to, to address this issue?
3: Yeah, I mean, you can do it in small groups. I mean, it's a, a small group ministries within the church are a wonderful opportunity to discuss, uh, you know, in more detail uh, some of the things that, uh, you know, are covered more generally, say, from, from the pulpit in a Sunday morning worship service. Uh, you could also, within the church, have uh, offer classes or courses uh, where you know, people come to study particular areas of theology or apologetics or ethics or something like that so but i still think though one of the biggest things that both ministers and people need to do these days is to is to read the scriptures they need to be reading the scriptures our uh, our biggest problem is we just do not know uh, the bible well enough and not just Mm. read our favorite parts of the bible but read the whole thing start in genesis read through to revelation and and continually uh, be doing that because uh scripture if if if, uh, our minds are filled with scripture and we get to know the scriptures well um, we start to think you know in biblical categories and it gives people a foundation on which to try to um, process all the ideas that are coming at them
4: so uh i mean to Unless you got something else on social justice, I got a, a good pivot in terms of exactly along those lines. I'm, you might guess where I'm about to go with this. Um, you know, with regards to the law that just passed in Canada, with regards to cannabis law, um, I'm thinking of, I was at the Stand Firm conference, and I believe it was Tim Chalice that, that it, was, it was more of a conference for uh, pastors and, and leaders within the church. And he made a really bold statement that I thought was well. He said, you should have a well thought out position as a church or as a a leadership team towards cannabis for your congregation um and so just kind of using that as an application of all the things that you've just said not necessarily i'm not saying you need to state what your position is but you know how would a church approach that issue um because the laws here have changed and and for anyone who's kind of and i don't agree with this position but for anyone who kind of just simply goes well whatever the law is tells me what the morality is in this country um and they you know default to well now that it's no longer illegal it's no longer immoral um you know how would you maybe guide a pastor or even just comment on that whole
3: scenario well uh first we'd we'd you know congregation needs to understand that just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're long past on so many issues. I mean, what what the government allows in many areas is uh, forbidden by scripture. So mm-hmm. you you cannot use uh, government legislation and the decisions of the courts to give you some kind of direction with regard. Now that's a shame. It would be wonderful if uh, the laws of Canada were based on uh, on scripture, but that's that's just not the case in so many areas. And with uh, something like cannabis, where you have a, a substance that has been illegal. Legal. and so uh, the argument could be well you shouldn't partake of it as a Christian because you're supposed to respect the uh, laws of the, you know, land. the laws of the land so so you have a, a wholesale change like that now you have to you know look at it from other standpoints and you know when you, something like that you come to scripture and you you know you find out that we're to live uh, sober minded uh, we're to be sober minded we're to live uh, you know godly lives We're we're not to be mastered by anything we're uh, you know we're to uh, you know keep our uh, our minds clear and focused on the task at hand so you you, you look at a substance like that and you say, "Well, uh, you know is is usage of this consistent with uh, some of these ethical demands that are uh, given to us in scripture?" and I think the evidence is pretty clear that that's, mm-hmm. that's not the case. And, and not just to mention that, but it's, you know, the whole stewardship of our, of our money and our resources. I think one of the tragic things behind this is, is you, you see, uh, you know, it's, it's a money grab. Um, <laughs> yes, they may be concerned about, um, you know, uh, crime, the involvement of, you know, crime with, uh, marijuana sales and so forth. But, but, you know, here the government's become the biggest. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, government,
4: the drug, drug cartel. and yep. yeah, yep. in in the
3: in the country, and you have all of these uh, even so-called conservative politicians who you know there's there's money to be made, so there they are,
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, you know, in the forefront of, of some of this, and that that to me is just hypocrisy, and and uh, I, I think it was uh, it was a sad day on Wednesday when. You know, when that led to some people were celebrating it, like this is some great accomplishment. You know, Canada becomes the second country in the world next to Uruguay to, you know, to, to legalize <laughs> cannabis. Go good, oh, Canada, leading the way. Um, no, I, I, that's uh, we don't need more people who are our senses are dulled so they can cope with, uh, with their existence. But we need mm-hmm. people who, you know, are truly liberated and able to face life. Uh, and, and embrace the opportunities that that uh, is presented to them
4: i i would say you know based on exactly what you just said at the very end i think you know the word in scripture that to me is so key to exegete and maybe i can get you to do that a little bit is is sober-minded and you know i remember 10 years ago having a conversation with someone more along the lines of in regards to alcohol where i thought you know this idea of sober-minded is is almost narrowed down to only alcohol. Incorrectly now, maybe I'm wrong with regards to exegesis and you can hash that out a bit. But I was thinking, you know, how many times do we make decisions when we're full of anger, or you know, as a parent, which I'm just starting to get into, where your emotions can blind making sound judgment. And so, you know, how does is, is am I wrong to say sober mindedness is is a really good term to to define and and to understand what the Bible is calling us to? Uh, and then say, okay, well, how does cannabis fit into that? Um, as a, as a, because what you just said there, right, numbing your senses, and and to me, that's along those lines. So I don't know, maybe. Yeah, even- if you're
3: if you're talking about the, you know, the legitimate medicinal use of an herb or, or substance, that's that true. that's one thing. And in fact, there's quite a difference between so-called recreational. Marijuana and medicinal marijuana. Mm-hmm. I mean, the they, they take out the the uh, the chemical substance in there that uh, causes um, you know people to be numbed and yeah. so forth, and so they're they're treating it then just as as uh, as another drug that might be derived from a plant source. So that wow. so that's one thing, but yeah, no, it doesn't sober mind. Doesn't just apply to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it applies. It would apply to any substance that we're that we're taking that renders us uh you know incapable or impaired when it comes to uh you know living life and making responsible decisions and and using the faculties that god has given us to glorify him
4: so just to push kind of with what i said what a, like is it only applied to substance or does it beyond that because i always that was my personal like you know making Judgments when you're not of sound mind. Does that qualify, right? And I used emotions as a good example. Um, does that fit with the way the words are used in scripture, or is that a little bit well me stretching it?
3: People, um, people can use all sorts of things to distract them. I mean, people can get caught up in sport. They can get caught up in in uh, shopping. They can get caught up in uh, you know playing different you know. Um, uh you know games and like beyond sport but you Mm -hmm. know video uh, games yeah people you know people use all sorts of things to help them get by and uh you know scripture we're we're supposed to lean upon the lord and Mm -hmm. i think and and we're not supposed to be mastered by anything Mm -hmm. except except the lord himself and uh, so I, i think those kinds of scriptures challenge us to Uh, You know, to find our center in God, our focus in God, our strength in God, and and not to be, um, you know, sort of propping ourselves up on all these other these other things that, you know, that uh, distract and confuse and and um, you know, it it could also argue just a waste of time. I mean, our time (laughs) our time on earth is limited, and 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 most of us need, uh, you know, our we need all we all the help we can get just to, yes. you know, mm-hmm. focus on the yes. task and then we don't need anything else to make that process more difficult.
4: Yeah, no, yeah. We, we did a, an episode, a recent episode just talking about sports and, and e-sports or, or video games. And, and I think one of our big takeaways was like, you know, these things in and of themselves aren't bad, but it's the excessive time spent. It's the, That's right. you know, if yeah. it's a form of... And we're talking about video games. If it's a form of your relaxation, you're doing it one hour a week type thing versus, you know, five days a week, five exactly. hours at a time, exactly. like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in abundance and excess. Yeah, no, so.
3: and I love sports. I love following uh, basketball and the Raptors and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, it, it, it has to be kept in its, its place. Yeah. But if, you know, if that becomes just your preoccupation where, you know, you're eating, sleeping and drinking, you know, Raptors basketball, and then you've got a problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially if it's the Raptors. <laughs>
3: What, you you throwing shade? (laughs) What's wrong?
2: Well, Kirk, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, It's been a pleasure. It's been helpful um, in the clarity that that you brought to the conversation.
4: So if uh, the listener wants to reach out to you or, or kind of follow anything that you do, what's the, what are the means of, you know, do you have social media? Do you, you know, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
3: Oh, well, the best way would be to uh, go to our website. Uh, so that's www.tbs.edu, and uh, on there, there's contact information. And uh, they could probably the best thing would be to email me, email me, and I'll okay. I'll get back to you. Yeah, meeting. we'll
4: definitely make sure we put that in our show okay, notes page, and and people can find it easily. So
3: okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. thank you very much for having me. And- uh, no
2: problem.
4: Uh, thank you again. We we really appreciate it. You're
1: very welcome. But you heard me? Does hear, that make sense? Madden and
0: Michel Media. It's so hard to say goodbye to season two. <coughs> Are you uh, okay you over you there? Huh?
1: huh? Are you okay huh? over there?
0: Huh? Hey man, it's very sentimental right now, man. Like this is the end of season two. And I mean, you know, so many memories, man.
1: I know thirty-eight episodes deep, but we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> so
0: please, you know, don't, you know, don't unsubscribe. We still got more episodes coming in the new year.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know, you know, we're already talking about what we're what what the next episodes are going to be about. So.
0: Right, right. And, and I hope everybody enjoyed this last episode. And I'm glad we ended with this episode because this has, like, been a huge episode uh, throughout the whole year. Um, and I really want the listeners to um, – well, well, I'll put it this way. This episode really embodies everything that we're about. Right, Joe? Absolutely. I mean, I referenced
1: uh, two articles from Tim Challies um, called – well, I'll give you the names now. I don't think I, I mentioned them was uh one was called the duties required by the ninth commandment and the second one is the sins forbidden by the ninth commandment uh, and the ninth commandment being you shall not bear false, false witness against your neighbor um and and you know i think the issue that we we're, were we were talking about um really centers around Having this approach, if you want to actually resolve the issue, or if you want to to come to some sort of, um, you know, understanding of the other side, and and I mean, you know, coming back to what our show is about, right? I mean, what I just said, those the, the headlines of his articles, which I which I actually slightly slightly shortened, but um, is is really about being straw man free, right? Represent the other side as strong as possible. Because that also means you're understand you're, you're attempting to you're attempting to understand the other side, and whether it's this particular issue, which is somewhat of a Christian infighting, um, there's also you know any issue, especially the things that are in you know the public political discourse right now. Nobody cares what the other side is; they just want to tell you why they're right.
0: Right, and and I would say that you know all of our episodes. Are, yes, they are. Uh, they do have an element of controversy to it, but they're supposed to be launch pads for dialogue. So the whole uh, culture that we're trying to cultivate by being part of the Sixth Sense Report, and if you're down with the movement, is use the episodes as launch pads for conversations, uh, especially with people that you don't believe uh, or, or, or you don't agree with. Um, and that's why, you know, we do these episodes, and that's why we, we want to be able to bring something to the table as a podcast that brings edifying conversation and not just, yeah, not just, uh, nonsense. Um, so we thank you guys for subscribing, sharing and commenting, and, um, please pass it on, uh, to your friends, family, your enemies, uh, um, subscribe and comment and rate us on please on iTunes, pretty please. Uh, that would be extremely helpful. And yeah, You know, get down with the Sixth Sense Report movement. Sixth Sense makes change. (laughs) All right, everybody. See you in season three. Peace.